Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. Well, if you have your Bible open you can go ahead and turn it to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 as we continue this verse by verse study. I entitled this simply, Did God Actually Say? Part 1. Here is the first half of this two-part study. And as we enter into chapter 3 and we start learning about the adversary, it's very important that we understand the enemy. Um, when, when being in the army, one of the things that you do is you actually prepare and train for um, the chaos that's to come when you're in battle. And if, if you have chosen to follow Christ, you're on the battlefield. And you need to know, one, that's why we spent so much time on the attributes of God. And you also need to understand who the enemy is and the, the tactics that he uses to try to get us to fall. Um, I think it's very important for us to understand that as we get into this part of the scripture uh, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, you're actually dealing with the beginning of watching man's fellowship with God be destroyed uh, as we fall into sin. The beauty of it is, is I, I've never looked at it this way, but to think of it in Genesis chapter 3 is the fall, but in Genesis John 3.16 is the, you know, the way that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus is mentioned the first time in Genesis chapter 3 as, the, uh, as, as we uh, dive into that, and we'll actually start getting into that more over the next two weeks. And, and this is why I told you all, when we do Genesis, the first few chapters, we're going to go really slow. Because this is where most people have their questions. And we have to be able to at least be able to, to answer it. And, and again, the reason why we're seeing such a, a fundamental attack by the enemy, just on Genesis chapter 2, you know, that you're born a male and female, um, that you were created for what? To be married uh, and to be fruitful and multiply. And those go completely against the culture today. One of the things that we have to remember is doesn't matter what age we're in or what generation we're in, that doesn't mean we adapt the Bible to that generation, meaning we don't change things within the Bible to go, oh, no, things have changed. That was old. The Bible stays the same today, yesterday, forever, because that's how God is. And so it's important for us to, as we get into this, and that's why we see the devil trying to discredit, you know, whether it's gender God's creation or marriage or even the uh, patriarchal, uh, the, the role of the father in the house. We see all of that being destroyed. And uh, we'll get into all of that as the devil shows up in chapter 3. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. 
Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray uh, as we dive into Genesis chapter 3 and we see, um, uh, sadly, the fall of man um, as they uh, succumb to sin and their temptations of wanting to be like God. Um, and it's a reminder to us that God provides everything that we need, but why is it that we always want more? Uh, why is it that we always seek the things of this world and not Him? And so I pray. I pray, Father God, we, we thank you so much for all that you did. We had a, an awesome opportunity on Monday uh, to, to get to talk and, and spend time with the kids in Lytle. Um, I pray uh, for each one of them, Lord. They, they are going through so much, so much. And all they're, all they're wanting is just somebody to talk with them, someone to share with them, someone to love them. And Lord, we see the, the Jesus Movement movie, the, the trailers come out, and it's a reminder of what Calvary Chapel was, is getting out and sharing the gospel and loving on people. That's, that's what we're called to do. And I pray that we get back to that. I thank you so much for all that you're doing just in this little area of Lytle and Italian Divine, and just pray again just for... Uh, for the school events and, and just uh, thank you for allowing us to be able to do these things. Uh, we, we really are grateful to the church because th th this can't happen. It doesn't make any sense for a small church like this to be able to do those kind of things, but it's just God. It's stepping out and being led by the Holy Spirit. It's even the, the, the businesses of this church that, that step in and and tithe and the people who are consistent in that as well that we can't put these things on without that we can't even be on the radio without that and so we thank you father god we thank you for the hearts of, and minds of everybody here we pray again for our marriages and our families we pray uh, for our businesses within this church that you just continue to provide in every way and bless them lord bless their obedience and Lord, we thank you so much. You, you know, even though we're in this old building, we thank you that we have a place to come and worship. And we thank you that we can come together and just be uh, in your word and uh, in your presence, Father God. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, um, a lot of questions will come up from uh, this portion of Scripture. And the, the, the questions that will always come up is, why did God allow devil, the devil into the, the, the place of perfection, right? Or, or how did Satan gain access to Adam and Eve? Or why did Adam and Eve have free will? Why didn't God just create a new Adam and Eve, right? Because after the flood, he got rid of everybody, except for Noah and the family, right? But these are all questions that we deal with, or why does God allow evil in the world, why did he allow this to happen? So the first thing I want to make sure as we get into this is very important. We're going back to his attributes again, that God is love. God is love. Now the fun thing is, is when we go to Lytle High School, you're not allowed to use the word God or Jesus, but you still have to be able to get the message out. And one of the kids that, that shared his testimony said, he goes, 10 years old, smoking weed. 14 years old, I was, I was hooked on, did my first line of coke. By 16, hooked on meth and crack. Spent half of his life as a crack addict. But then he met love. Now, I, that blew me away. I, I was like ready to cry in front of them kids, man. Because I was like, what a beautiful way to put that. Because God is love. 
And God loves us. And it was so cool to hear one of the kids in the back go, Who, who's, who's love? And one of the girls said, Jesus. And they got it. And so God is love. God's nature is good. God is perfect. God does not make mistakes. Okay? And God cannot dwell in the presence of sin. He can't. And so again, when we look at Genesis chapter 3, remember John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Now everybody loves verse 16, but we've got to read verses 17 and 18. Right? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him, whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so this is important as we study Genesis chapter 3, as we go through this, is to make sure you remember the attributes of God. Because it's very important as we go into more into Genesis. Um, there will be so many questions that come up and what we see is that we know that God is in control and, and it's, it's understanding that as we see the trials and the tribulations going on in the world and that things seem so unstable, but God is in control. And I don't know how many Christians just forgot that during COVID. We did. Churches shut down. People started, oh, I can't, oh, you can't sing in church. You know, I heard Jack Hibbs talk about that this week at the men's conference for SoCal, Calvary Chapel. They filled that place up. I love that because that was something Chuck used to do. And it was free for anyone who wanted to attend. That place was packed. And all those teachings are available online. John Randall, Jack Hibbs, uh, Raul Reese, I'm trying to think who the other ones were, Ken Graves. And they, they, if, if you, one of the things it is, it's for men, but I'm telling you what, you better check your feelings at the door. Because Ken Graves didn't let, he didn't let nothing, <laughs> he brought the sword. And, and I think that's important uh, that we do that. Because sometimes we forget, even as we see these things going on in the world, is to remember that, that God is in control. God is all-knowing. And, and that's where we find our, our peace, and that's how we can stand firm during the trials that we have. Um, I, I've told you all before, I have, a, I have an autoimmune disease. And I have something called porphyria, uh, which I got from the wonderful Gulf War. Uh, but the reality of it is, is like I, for whatever reason, I had to be at church. I didn't care what was going on. And they were like, man, if you got a compromised immune system, you better stay home. I was like, I'm not staying home. I'm going to church. I think Tony was one too, because Tony was telling me he went and helped set up stuff for the pastor. I'm like, I got to be in church. And our, our, our thing was that the pastor left the doors open. If you came in, you came in. And so we, we need to understand, like, we have to stand knowing who God is. This is not the end of your life, right? That, that you, you are eternal because of God. And, and, man, God wants to use you in a mighty way, but you have to be willing to take that step of faith. And sometimes, man, people will look at you and think you've done lost your mind. I had one pastor, we were at a luncheon yesterday with the Calvary Chapel pastor. He's like, you can't get in the schools. How did you do that? I didn't do it. God did it. God did it. Look, out, look around us. This is all we are. 
This is just like the disciples as we go out. We're just a little group of people. And if we do those four fundamental things from Calvary Chapel Distinctives, which is the Word of God in Acts 2.4.2, this is what Chuck used to preach all the time. And people were like, God, I don't know if that works. It works. God's Word, breaking of bread, koinia, fellowship, and prayer. And you know what happens when you read the rest of that in verse 43? And then if you do those things, then signs and wonders happen. But we've been knocked down by the enemy, a lot of us. Or we've been put into a place of fear. And we're not willing to take that step of faith and do what God's calling us to do. And so when we look at verse 3 of chapter 1 of Genesis, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So first off, we need to deal with the identity of the serpent. So as we look at the serpent, now most will identify the serpent if you go to Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, and I'll read it. It says, Now a war rose in heaven, and heaven and Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of your brothers have been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. I would highlight that in your Bible. If, if, you, if, if you belong to God, you're covered by the blood of the Lamb, you got to be willing to bleed. That's what Jack Hibbs said the other day. He goes, man, you got to be willing to step out and be knocked around and get, get bloody. And he said something I thought was really cool. He goes, man, I'm not leaving California because it's a dark place. They need light. And if y'all think this little area, because it's a small town, doesn't need Jesus, let me tell you, those kids need Christ. They're going through some heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 2, it says, And he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil, and Satan bound him for a thousand years. So the serpent is an actual creature. Okay? It's an actual creature. And, and so it's not... Not an allegory or some story, because this is the other part is, is people, for some reason, Christians have started believing that Adam and Eve is just a story. When you study Old Testament survey or you get involved and start looking at this, scripturally, that's not what supports it. It's not a story. It's real people, real places. And so the actual being of who Adam and Eve is in the Garden of Eden, the scripture said, uh, nowhere indicates that for the story to be understood symbolically, but we know that the serpent spoke, right? And so the other question that comes up all the time, were, I guess animals were speaking. No, they weren't. <laughs> okay, that's something else that everybody's... There's a whole thing people are, got online about animals were talking during the time of Adam and Eve, and that's why it was not weird for Eve when the this, this serpent started talking. That's not true. The creature could communicate. And if you go, well, wait a minute, there's no way that a serpent can speak. Didn't a donkey speak? In Numbers chapter 22, verse 28, 
It says, Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have, you, what have I done to you? that you have struck me these three times. So God used a, a donkey. The other question that gets asked is, how did the devil get into the garden? Right? And we know that the devil uh, was the worship leader. Right now we have a lot of devils that are worship leaders. Hillsong and... You know they're charging $1,000 to sit and watch Elevation Worship in the front row? What is wrong with us? I remember the story of Love Song, <laughs> right? The, the group that Chuck, they just came in and were like, hey, I think we can do some songs about Jesus. And he was like, okay, play me them. Next thing you know, they were leading worship. Because you know what it was? The heart was in the right place. They were willing to give their first offering to Christ. It's, it's important for us. The devil was a worship leader. The devil wanted to be what? Worship. Satan wanted to be worship. He wanted to be like God, to be worshipped like God. And so when God created the world, remember, He created angels, right? They're a separate being than us. You don't, you don't die and become an angel. Nobody that you know dies and becomes an angel, okay? So just, okay? You watch angels in the outfit and stuff like that, and you're thinking, oh, will they become an angel? No. <laughs> I remember as a kid watching that on Disney, it's like, no, nah, it messes you up when you start watching stuff like that. We know in Genesis chapter 1, verse 33, uh, when God created the world, we were told that God examined it and declared it was good. And that, that means that, that, that even the angelic world uh, did not have evil angels or demons at the time. So at uh, some point between Genesis chapter 3, we find Satan in the form of a serpent. And we know that he was thrown down, and uh, along with a third of the angels as well. But we know also that the Bible gives us information about the devil before his fall. He was named Lucifer, which means star of the morning, right? He held the high rank of an angelic host. And, uh, you know, we know that, uh, that he had a great position of power. And he was called the guardian of the cherubim. And then we know that and we read Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 through 17. It says, you are the model of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You were anointed as the guardian of the cherub. For so I ordained you. You were only uh, on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian of cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on your account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because you were splendor. So I threw you to earth, and I made a spectacle uh, of you before the kings. And we know that the cherubim is, is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, is, is depicted as a scripture as the angelic creatures who surround God's throne. So Lucifer was one of the guardians of them. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve succumbed to the devil's temptation. We know that. And so we know that his pride and his wanting to be worshipped is what caused him to fall. And so God judged the devil. And once a, a, a powerful angel of God, he lost his former exalted position in heaven. And we know in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, I'll read this to you. 
It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. So there's his name. Right? Son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You are weakened. You weak at the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall, brought, uh, you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. And we know that Jesus spoke of, of, and this is why I have a hard time when people don't grasp the concept of the devil. Jesus spoke of him. The Son of God spoke of him. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, it says, Lucifer, star of the morning, became Satan, the accuser, when he fell to the, the earth. Jesus, speaking of the event, said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And we know that Lucifer had followers because he had one-third of the angels that fell with him. So Satan has power, but Satan is not all-knowing. He can only be at one place at one time. But he does have access to, to the throne of heaven for right now. Because remember, he, he goes to Job, he goes to God about Job, but he also goes and says to Jesus, I'm going to I want to sift, I'm going to sift Peter. The devil's come to sift you. And you're like, wait a minute, man. <laughs> How do you have access? He'll lose all that once uh, once Jesus returns and uh, we'll get into all that. But it says, why, why allowed uh, to enter? So this brings up an important question. Why, did, why was he ever allowed in the garden, right? That's the question that everybody has. How did he get access to Adam and Eve? Well, we know that he was thrown down, right? And so God allowed the devil to have access to the garden, and a similar situation can be found in Job. We know that, that Satan had asked God's permission to test Job. But the Lord allowed Satan to tempt, to tempt him, but only within certain limits. And we know that in Job chapter 1, verse 12, it says, So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only uh, do not lay a hand on his person. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So God has allowed this to happen. And, and we have free will. So Adam and Eve can be tempted. Adam and Eve wasn't forced to sin. Adam and Eve had everything that they needed, and yet they fell into temptation and eventually into sin. And we know that the serpent, it says, was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so we know consequently that they, the blame cannot be placed upon God for their sin. It was their own choice. He was crafty. He was shrewd, sly, sensible. Is what the word means in the Hebrew. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. An angel of light comes in, and, and this is why it's so important as we get into next week, and we, we look at the Scripture and how Satan twists the Scriptures up, the command that God had given Adam. And that's why it's important for us to understand and know the Word of God. Even the Apostle Paul conveyed to the, the Corinthian church, he said in 2 Corinthians 11.3, he says, But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You're going to be deceived by the craftiness and the cunning. I've told y'all, y'all have to be prepared to have an answer for when temptation comes knocking at the door of your heart. What are you going to say? 
Are you prepared to say no to that drink? Are you prepared to say no to that drug? Are you prepared to say no to that pornography or no to that, that, that person online? Are you prepared not to allow your anger to have full control and lose it? Like, are you prepared when the temptation comes knocking at your heart? Can you actually walk away from it? Or are you going to be fooled by an angel of light? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Whoever practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. From the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. We have salvation because of Christ. He's going to destroy the devil as well. They were tempted because he was crafty. He was intelligent. They didn't have to sin. But they had the same free will that we have, even in the garden. And think about it. How many times have you been in a place of contentment and comfort, and that's when you fall? You have everything you need, and the devil comes and gets you. You have to be careful with that. It's, a, it's our own decision. We need to remember that Satan is an adversary. It's an adversary. That's why it's important as you raise your kids. It is not your, your job to send your kids to school and say, well, they're going to be missionaries. But they're being trained by the adversary. That's your job to train them up. It's your job to get them ready. It's your job to prepare them and teach them the Word of God. But if mom and dad aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, or that single mom doesn't, I don't have time. You didn't hear that from Timothy's mom or grandmother. They raised a godly young man. It's going to be work to train your child up. Again, are you prepared to bleed? Sometimes when you work, you get calluses and they tear. And man, it's like you, you want to do what God's called you to do as a mom and a dad, as a husband and a wife. To understand that there's actually an adversary. In John 10.10, y'all know this verse very well. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I came that, that, that they may have life and have it abundantly. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus wants to give you a life and a life that's abundant. An abundant life. An abundant life. And you know how you have that abundant life? In James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll, he'll go find somebody else to go get. Y'all ever watch those Animal Kingdom movies? What's the one that always gets, gets tore into? The weak one. The one that's hurt, right? That's the one that gets it. You know who the weak one is in the church? The one that decides, I don't need the word. The one that thinks I can just be a Christian and just kind of do my thing, come in and come out. They don't spend time in prayer. They don't spend time in fellowship. They don't, they don't spend time meditating on God's Word. They just, I think I'm good to go. And that's when that, that, remember Peter. Peter was away from, at a distance, following Jesus. And who'd the devil go after? Hey, there's Peter. And yet, he's warming himself by my fire. Let me get Peter. And that's who he goes after. And so we have to submit ourselves to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee and sadly he will find somebody else. It's very important that we recognize, land. like, I, man, I need to know what my weaknesses are, right? What are my weaknesses? I have, and, 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 and this is important for you to understand, you have no control over sin. Only Jesus does. The moment that you think you got it all under control, you're in trouble because that's when the devil's going to come in and get you. You got to be careful. 
In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12, it says the prudent. The word prudent actually means naive. So it could say the naive sends, sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on suffering for it. Like you see that that thing's dangerous and you go, ah, <laughs> see you later. But that person, the other person who's blinded, they walk right into it, right into the danger, right into the suffering. In Proverbs 22, verse 3, it says the, the prudent, again, the naive, sees danger and hides himself. But the simple go on and suffer for it. I'm going to keep going because eventually I think this thing's going to pan out. Like I got control of it. Just like that kid. I started smoking weed. I, I, I heard two testimonies. And both of them started with, with weed. And eventually ended up on some heavy, heavy drugs. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the, the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.